Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, what's up? The sky. It's cloudy and yes, <laughs> lots of rain. Yes, the sky is cloudy here too, unfortunately. I'm able to escape like so much of it now of like the dark, rainy period of winter. But it's finally reached Arizona, so gross. How do you feel about the outside being all dark and gross? I feel like it's affected me getting into a workout routine. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember if I shared that I was going to the gym at least three times a week. And then I just fell off of it. (laughs) Well, it was awesome. And then I fell off of it. And now I just feel like it's so cold. I bundle up and don't go anywhere, unfortunately. I understand that completely. I used to be a total gym rat. Like I was talking to Brittany about this on Twitter, but then I don't know what happened and I just stopped. And then once the pandemic came, obviously Mm. stopped and then just never got back into it. But it's something that I've started trying to get back into recently. Starting slow, building my way up. Once I get back into the gym, once I get back in there, I'll be good. Start building that habit back. But it's like, it's literally just walking into the door. I feel like that's the hardest part for me right now. Did you walk into the door? Not yet. Okay. I've not walked did in you, yet. It did was you closed. touch the door? I did touch the door. Yeah. It was closed. Yeah. So we have like a gym in my like apartment area that I never had a key to. So that was part of the reason why I was like, oh, I can't go because I don't have a key. And I'm like, that's dumb. So I finally got the key for it. It opens at 6 a.m. And I was trying to go at like four. <laughs> So no, I have not gone yet, but I've replanned when I'm going to go because like I really want to work out in the mornings, but I think I'm going to do it after work now. So I'm just trying to like figure out like what my schedule is so that I can still be making dinner every day because that's very important to me. And then also do this. I've also started doing like some home workouts in the morning. Like I have Apple Fitness and they have like yoga and meditation and like these home workouts you can do. So I've been doing some of those as well in the mornings. I'm sorry, you said home workouts and I was just thinking homework and I started uh, wondering what homework are you talking about? Oh man, no, home workout. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to try to figure out a home workout for myself that maybe I can do with the kids. I don't know if you have any game systems that have games where it's like you're working out. I feel like I should just do that because... Like the Oculus? I know Jason used oh, to... Oh, is that the VR... Jason used to do a lot of VR boxing, which is like a cardio workout that they have. So there are things like if you have an Oculus, I know there are workouts people do. I know with the Wii, the Wii was really big when I was younger and it had like the Wii Fit and had all these exercise things. But I right now play on a PlayStation, which they're like, sit in a chair, hold this controller. (laughs) What games do y'all have? We ended up getting a Wii U. Oh, yeah. For the kids. Like a used one. Someone gave it to us. And... I don't really think I have any games on there where it's like a fitness thing. I think Wii makes them. Or not, I mean, not Wii, but like companies make them for Wii. Okay. But like you can just go on YouTube. <laughs> like YouTube. Oh, like, like a home workout. workout with YouTube? Yeah. It's just like some fitness person, whether it's like you're paying for it, whether it's like Peloton or like all these paid services, like Apple Fitness is like a paid service. And so like these are like professional coaches making content, but like they people post those on YouTube. So like you can look That's up a good YouTube. Point. YouTube 10 minute ab workout and there will be someone there like walking you through it. Especially probably more so have been made for during the pandemic. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like you don't need other anything other than your body weight really. That's true. Oh, but I was doing these 
I think it's called Body Pump. I know Body Pump is. Okay. And I started like really enjoying the weights that they use at the gym because they're so nice. You can put the weights on the bar in a very easy way. And then they come off really easily. And I have to change my weight around all the time because like I'll start with a weight that's too heavy. And then during Body Pump, you're trying to choreograph some sets with the song. And so like towards the middle of the song, I'm like, okay, this is way too heavy for me. So I have to like quickly shift my weights. Anyway, I was like, if it's too hard for me to take the 15 minute commute to the gym to do that, can I just watch the workout at home and buy the weights? And I looked them up and they're like over $600. Holy crap. (laughs) Damn. That was not the number I was picturing when you said that. Dang. Yeah, well, it includes the bar and your basic weight sets and the step thing. Uh, Okay. Step on. I don't know how much the bar and the weights itself are. I think it's still a couple hundred dollars, which is... Dang. Yeah, workout equipment got really expensive because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I tried looking them up used because I tried to look up a lot of things used and nobody sells them. Yeah, high demand because everyone built their own home gym or not everyone, but people were. Yeah, that's sucks. That's way too much. <laughs> it's way too much for like sculpted rocks, basically. Yeah, I know. Right. Then I was also trying to just go for a walk every day. Right. And this morning I was thinking, oh, yeah, let's go take the kids to school and have them walk to school. And then it was one, it was raining. And two, my child has a blister on his ankle foot thing. And therefore, yeah. I stayed here. Yeah, that that's probably what I would have done, too. It's like, I don't <laughs> want to go outside if it's cold and wet and rainy. Cold and raining is like, oh, ugh, oh, my God. That, oh, that'll make me sad. I hate it is cold and rainy. sad. Speaking of uh, sad, is that what we were going to talk about today? Yeah, speaking of sad, we were going to kind of talk about working around the holidays and some of the challenges that come with that, some of the mental stuff that comes with that, and just kind of be like, hey, like, everyone take it easy, like, around the holidays. Because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like everyone kind of checks out as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Yeah, I was telling you pre-show about the Reddit article or post that I was reading about how GitHub made someone realize that they had seasonal depression because every November they were looking at their commits and it was a lot lower. So I went and looked at mine as well. And also around November, December, you can see a decline in my number of commits. Yeah, you can definitely look at my commit graph and see periods of time where I've like gone up and down and when I've been really consistent and when I've like just fallen off the tracks, it is kind of telling. It's kind of interesting to like use that as like a data point to see like almost how you are. If your norm is like something and then all of a sudden it drops and it's like, oh, what's the correlation here? Oh, it's dark and rainy outside. (laughs) Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool if it could be correlated with weather or some other factors in your life. Yeah, so that you can move somewhere where that weather's not there. Yeah. Well, and I was telling you, like, I suffer from, I think, like, just straight up depression. And it 100% gets way worse when it gets cold, dark, and rainy. And I used to live in North Carolina where that period of time where it would be like that would be several months. So in the fall, it'd start getting cold. And then it'd start getting dark and rainy. And you don't come out of it almost until, like, March. So like from November to March, it's just kind of miserable. And now I've moved to Arizona 
where it didn't start getting cold until like a month ago, maybe, maybe at most. And so, and yesterday was the first day, I think all year it's ever been raining the whole day and just gray and gross outside. But today it is too. Yeah, it definitely, I definitely noticed it affect me. It affects you. Yeah, I think that's partially why I've stopped kind of going outside and going to work out. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's too much effort to bundle up, go outside, go to the gym and get out there. Or even just going on a walk. I don't feel like I want to be out there. Are you someone who would rather be cold or warm? Warm, hands down. Same. That's (laughs) probably, yeah, same, big same. And I'm the exact same way as what you just described. Like if it's cold and dark outside... (laughs) I am not interested in leaving the house. I'm not interested in really moving out of bed. So does it affect your work productivity though? I want to say that it does. I think in general, any productivity for me, I just feel like maybe I'm with ADHD also. I feel like there's more opportunities for me to be unfocused Mm -hmm. when it's not nice outside. Yeah, your brain starts thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I could go somewhere warm. And like, where would that warm place be? And then all of a sudden you've like imagined your entire vacation like on a beach somewhere and it's like 30 minutes later and you're like, oh, that world wasn't real. Now I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what was I doing? And then you realize, yeah, it was 30 minutes later. So I can't remember if I told this story on Remote Ruby or this podcast, but I've always struggled in December and November really too. But this year... For the first time, I was really looking forward to December. And that's because at Podia, what they've decided to do is we're doing something called Tech the Halls. And I like that. Yeah. For the second half of December, all we are working on is tech improvements. So basically everyone on the team got to come up with like a project idea that they wanted to do for the code base for like their own personal thing, something to just improve the code, like upgrading to Ruby 3, for instance, that's something we're going to do like improving some things that we just haven't gotten to and that we want to, doing some like, you know, DX type stuff. Just kind of fun stuff, really. At least I think of it as really fun. And we all got to present our ideas. And if people wanted to join other people's projects, we could do that. And we all met and some people had some really great ideas. I think I have a really good idea. And so I'm really looking forward to that because it's like next week until I'm off for the rest of the year, I'm just going to be working on stuff that like I'm interested in and that I want to do. And I think Jason and I are going to pair on some stuff. And I don't know, I'm really looking forward to that for like the first time ever. And I feel like if more companies would do stuff like this, I don't know. I feel like it would change a little bit because all of a sudden I'm like really excited to work next week and the week after. That is such a fantastic idea. As you were explaining the process of pitching ideas and then getting together to form teams or whatever, working on what you want to do. It reminds me of like a hackathon, like a company. We just did one in, I want to say the beginning of November. And I think it's a great way to get you out of this rut, I guess, that some people feel during the holiday season while they're working. It's kind of slow at work generally anyways, right? We don't want to be pushing major features that someone's going to have to be on call for during Christmas break. So being able to boost morale during this time by doing something like that, that sounds awesome. Plus what I don't like about hackathons is there's such a short burst. Right. And I feel so pressured to do so much in that couple days or one day. And 
kind of doing it for the rest of the year seems like a great idea. I've really loved this idea of like giving your developers time to work on things that they're interested in. Because I know ThoughtBot, when I was first starting out, I was listening to the bike shit a lot. And ThoughtBot would give, I think open source Fridays is what they called them or something like that. So every Friday, everyone on the team got to work on some open source or something like that and got to pair. And I think GitHub has something that they do along similar lines, maybe not once a week, but they have, I think they do it on Fridays too. And I know there's other companies, they do stuff like this, but like I've always wanted to do this because I'm like, that would be so awesome if the company was like, hey, there's like all this stuff that like we need to do, but there's stuff that y'all want to do. And like giving you the space to be able to do those things, I think definitely 100% what you were saying, 100% boost morale. Because like, if I'm interested in something, I'm going to kill it. If I'm interested, like I'm good. But if I'm not interested, then I'm going to be slowly and slowly. I'm like fighting myself. I'm like fighting my nature. At the end of the summer, normally when I'm like checking out, it's like, oh, I'm really excited to work on this project that I came up with. So yeah. So I just wanted to say that because like, if you're a company out there, you're a manager and you're having all these problems of like, yeah, I feel like in December, we never really get anything done. And like, I don't really expect anyone to get anything done either. Then like, why make them work on like that stuff? Why not give them some space to improve the code base? Because I feel like at the end of this month, our team is going to come out with some really like nice stuff in the code. Like we're going to upgrade to Ruby 3. We're going to upgrade some other stuff. I think the app is overall going to be better. Are you able to share what you're going to be working on? I'll give you the light version. Basically, Heroku has webhooks that it gives out on certain events in, in the system. And so we're using Heroku for our deployment service. And the problem that we're having is like, we believe in pushing domain and deploying a lot. And so like, you know, just constantly pushing and constantly deploying, not totally continuous deployment, but as often as we need and or as possible. And a problem that we're having is like, we have a pipeline in Heroku and there's a staging. And once you can test stuff on staging and then you can promote it to production. And so anyone who's using Heroku is probably kind of familiar with this workflow. And the problem that we're having is that a lot of things are getting to staging, but there's a long time because of like CI and because of building the app. And that's something that we're also going to try to do is drop that build time a lot, but it can take quite a while before your thing is actually there. And we also won't push it to staging if the tests fail on main. So like, there's all these reasons why like I push up and I'm like, okay, I need to deploy this when it's ready to go. And then I'm like, all right, while I'm waiting, I'll do this thing. And then it's four hours later and you completely forgot. The problem that we're having, it's not really a problem. It's just like, we want to optimize this is that, you know, things will start piling up on staging. And like, if I'm coming one morning, I'm like, I need to deploy. You've shipped a bunch of features and like someone else has shipped a bunch of features. And like, I don't know what y'all have done, right? So I only know what I've done. So if y'all were supposed to like maybe run some rake tasks or change the feature flags when deploying, and I don't know that, and I deploy your stuff, you know, you can wind up in situations like it, it would be better if like, the amount of code that goes out is a lot lower than sometimes it gets to just because that we forget to deploy it. And so what I'm going to do, because Heroku doesn't really have a good way for notifications on this, is build like a little, it's basically going to be a little AWS serverless function, I think right now, where it will receive the incoming webhook from Heroku. Because like I said earlier, Heroku will send out webhooks for certain events that you can subscribe to. And I'm going to set up a little serverless function that will receive that webhook, take the relevant information out of the body, and then create a Slack message and ping the person who created the commit that was now is finished building on staging. And be like, hey, Andrew, this commit that you push with like maybe a link to the commit and GitHub is built and ready to be deployed on staging. Here you go. 
Or if it fails, like I can maybe alert myself about that too, which I haven't seen a build fail other than for something I accidentally broke with the gem file. So that's kind of what I'm doing. It's like a more robust notification system for our Heroku deployment stuff. That sounds really cool. On the one hand, you are taking the time to build something you want to do. And two, it is going to improve developer experience. And I mean, that's just going to help you even further. It's like one of those things that you can't quantify that it's helping the business, but it is indirectly helping the business a lot because you're going to be able to do things more efficiently. Hi there, Julie here. I would like to take a moment to thank GoRails for sponsoring this episode. When I was first starting out, I struggled with finding up-to-date content to help me level up. Then I learned about GoRails. Not only does GoRails provide new screencasts weekly, they also have two fantastic instructors that break down complex topics into digestible chunks. On top of that, I really appreciate when they explain the whys behind the subject. One of my favorite walkthroughs is creating your first Ruby gem from scratch. What a great way to learn by stripping down to just the basics. If you care about leveling up as a Ruby engineer, you can't go wrong with GoRails. Check it out at GoRails.com. I remember building a little Slack notification thing using webhooks myself or something like that, where I get notified in a specific channel for one of the repos that we push to. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun, actually. It is a lot of fun. Because you get to play with Slack bots and like the Slack API has all this really cool stuff. You can do messages, even add actions on them and stuff. So there's a lot of like really fun, creative stuff you can do on the Slack end alone. And then I get to kind of play with this serverless function idea, which may not end up working out, but I think that's the best way to do this. The problem I'm having is that Heroku sends this webhook very specifically and I can't change anything about the headers on it. And... If I could do stuff with the headers, I could maybe just use GitHub Actions to do all this. But because I can, I kind of need a server somewhere. So I think a serverless function might be perfect for this because it doesn't need to be running all the time. It will cost very little to run this. And if it doesn't work out, then I guess I'll create like a Sinatra app or maybe even a tiny little Rails app. Yeah, that sounds more challenging than what I had to do. I don't really fully understand serverless functions. A serverless function, I don't want to get into a huge talk on serverless functions, but it's basically, <laughs> they all have a server somewhere, but a serverless function is basically, typically they, a lot of them run on AWS lambdas, which is kind of like a lot of services will like bake their thing into that. So like, for instance, Vercel has serverless functions, but it's really just AWS behind the hood and it, they just kind of give you a way to interface with it. And so it's some server code that will run and execute like it has a server, but your app doesn't have to have a server. So like I could use like a static website. Maybe I want to sign up people for my newsletter and I need to use an API to do that. So like I need to send this API, the name and the email. And then if the name has already been signed up, I want to return an error, for instance, and like all this stuff. So like I need a secret there, right? I'll need whatever token it is to send to that service. And so the problem with that, if it's a static website, for instance, like there's no way to obfuscate that to hide that because it's static. So it'll just be there. But for a serverless function, they can have access to environment variables and things like that. So in that instance, what the little service function would do is like maybe just take in the parameters and then post the API, receive the error back and like just return it as JSON. So like, it's just kind of a way to interface with other, at least that's what I have been using or been thinking about them as is like a little way to like add a little tiny bit of server functionality on top of like a static, otherwise static thing. Nice. Cool. 
one last thing I'll say about them is like you only get charged for when they run. So if you have this function to sign up people for your newsletter, right? If I was to make a Rails app to do that, it's going to be running. It's always going to be running. It's always going to be consuming services. It's always going to be blah, 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 blah. All these things it has to do for a service. It will spin up when it needs to, and then it will stop when it's done. And so every time you need to use it, it'll start and stop. And so that's why you won't have the same cost necessarily as you will with a long running server. Although you run in the instance where if you all of a sudden get like major influx of requests, like you could really shoot up your costs without expectation. But that's just one thing when people are thinking about whether to use serverless functions or not, that's one thing people consider is like, oh, well, they only run when they need to run. So it's cheaper sometimes. Makes sense. But back, going back, swerve. <laughs> going back to kind of just working in the holidays. I don't know. I think we need to have some grace for each other and some understanding. If you're not going to like offer like a fun way for your developers to work on things that they're interested in because you need to do features or whatever, like, I don't know, find something fun for them to do or maybe give them one day to like do something together or to hang out. Or One thing I really love that Podia did one time is like, I don't remember what the exact occasion was. I think whether we reached like a milestone or something, but one day they were like, hey, everyone use the company card that's in our one password and everyone go buy yourselves and your family dinner and like just send us the invoice. So things like that can go a long way for boosting your team's morale. Yeah, so. our company... Well, I don't know how long because I was out for a few weeks because I had gone to RubyConf Mini and then Thanksgiving happened. But company just gave us a week off for Christmas, which was really nice to have because it wasn't in the calendar before. So it was nice. nice. To, yeah. You know, I mean, like, you get the whole week off. And that, I like that the, was uh, all exciting, right? <laughs> Felt good. Yeah. Well, I had already requested the time off. So for me, it was like, oh, cool. I can rescind my time off request. But yeah. it was also a very nice touch for the company to think about their employees in that way. I also really like the go expense dinner for your family or something. It's just something that is a small gesture, but I think goes a long way. Obviously, certain team sizes like that can obviously be a lot of money. But for our smaller team at Podia, it was awesome. And I think everyone really enjoyed it. And they were like, hey, and all we ask is that you send a picture of whatever you got and posting this channel. So like this whole weekend, like everyone's sending like dinner with them and their family or the food they got. And like, it was just really cool to see. And it felt like a shared experience, even though we were all doing it separately. It was fun. So yeah, I just want to call cool. that. I know I'm harping on Podia a lot today, but fun things like that. They didn't have to do that, but they did. And the whole company, I think really appreciated it. And I think a lot of people got some great experiences out of it. So Think of ways to improve the lives of your employees around the holidays. Do stuff. I mean, even like if you're a manager, you can think of something small. It doesn't have to be any, like you don't have to buy anything. You can make even like a virtual Christmas card. If I got a Christmas card in the mail, I'd be like, really? Someone sent me a Christmas card that feels good. It doesn't have to be big or small. It's just like, hey, like just let people know that like, hey, this is a stressful time for people. Family's coming in. And if you have your own family, you got to think about buying things and like traveling and all this stuff. Take some empathy and be like, hey, like everyone's kind of going through a lot right now. It's a busy time of year. So like, let's just take our foot off the gas a little bit, slow down and maybe do one thing nice for the people that you work with. I don't know. I like that a lot. I didn't expect all this, what do you call it? Empathy coming from you. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. I'm going to take it as a compliment though. You're right though. It is hard, especially if you suffer from seasonal depression, like we both talked about earlier. So I don't know if someone's struggling or maybe not getting as much done as they normally do, like empathy, people, empathy. Yeah, I think this 
also goes with giving grace to your teammates as well. Like even if you're not in a manager position, just knowing that everyone is going through rough times and we can be nice to each other regardless. School's going to be out. Kids are going to be home. Also give some grace to people who like may have kids running around, may have kids screaming in the background. Like I literally cannot understand how that would bother someone. Like if we were on the call and you know, your kids were in the room, it's like, oh, okay, Julie's got to switch to mom mode and take care of what she needs to take care of. Like that bothers people for some reason. I'm like, why? Just like, that's the best part about remote work is like give people some empathy, let them do their thing and then they'll get back to you. I don't think I could manage working somewhere where people would have trouble with. Okay, so... I remember being on a call with my VP of engineering and I wasn't at home. I was like at a park with my kids and it was like my one-on-one with my VP of engineering. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not at my desk and my kids are kind of running around the background and they were just like, it's totally fine. And having kids in view of the camera is a nice bonus for them. Yeah. So... Just like the dog tax. If someone brings up a dog, like you're going to need to show the dog to bring the dog in. Like the dog's barking. We're all going to need to see the dog. So if you're someone who has that happen to them, most people do not care. If anything, it's funny. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this viral video of this guy. He was at home, like on an interview on like some news network. And like you see the door open and his like daughter runs in and like his son runs in and you see like his wife freaking out, like running in the background, like trying to grab the kids and running out. And the guy's like, I'm so sorry. And the news anchors were dying laughing. And I watch that clip all the time. It's like cute. It's like, who cares? I have not seen that. I think that (laughs) that's really cool. (laughs) I'll try to find it for you. I'll try to find it and we'll stick it in the show notes if I can find it so that everyone can experience it. I remember one of my kids would just, be silly because they didn't want to be in the camera view, but they want to bring these funny toys and put it behind the laptop. So they're standing behind the laptop, but then they put the toy in the front so that everyone can be like, they're like, what, what is this that you're playing with? It's cute. So just know that's probably going to increase for people who have kids and families and just be okay with it. Really doesn't take any time out of anyone's day. It's just, I keep going back to the word empathy. It's like, hey, we need to have some empathy for each other around the holidays. That's what I'm here to preach. Yeah. I feel like I can't stop thinking about what I said to you when I said that I didn't expect that coming from you. Oh, (laughs) I was like, why did I say that? (laughs) It's fine. People don't expect it from me. That's why it feels good to have it. You're right. Someone who looks like me typically is not filled with empathy. And there are some times where I'm not. But for like this, I do. Because I care about my coworkers and I care about your coworkers in a weird way, like by extension almost. It's the holidays. It's like, do something nice for someone. Go out, volunteer if you have time, like however you want to do it. Buy someone a Ruby book and just give it away. Be nice to your coworkers. Give your team something fun to work on. Let them know you care about them. Because going all the way back, like we said, a lot of people are struggling around the holidays. And so just be mindful of that. That small gesture that you might do as a manager, as a coworker, as a friend, whatever could really make a difference. So that's what I got. That's a really good got. There was only one other question that I had and that's the tech, the halls that your company does. Is that annually every year? I'm not sure. I don't know if they've done it every year, if this is the first year or what, but I'm assuming that if it's a success, it'll become an annual thing. I have not been at the company. This is my first December at the company. Like I think I joined in February. So like 
next February will be my one year. So I'm not sure. I don't think so, though. You'll have I to think, give us an update. Yeah. How it all went. And... I definitely will. Shout out to our CTO, Jamie. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to this. And it's hard to get, well, it's not hard to get me excited, but it's hard to get me excited about, not about work, but about this excited where I'm like, I've already been thinking about it. And I, I made like a huge plan already. I've got diagrams like that I've been working on, like preparing for it, like that level. Of, it's like got me into like ADHD focus mode. And it's kind of rare to get me into like that type of like that level of enthusiasm and that level of excitement, that level of focus this late in the year. And yeah, I'm very excited. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to learn how it gets implemented, I guess. How could I bring that back to my company and kind of suggest something like right. that? Right. I mean, that's why I brought it up because I feel like a suggestion is maybe sometimes all it takes. Like there are companies that, who will not do this, who are not interested in this, who will never do it. And that's just the way it is. The companies I've tried to get this into in the past were not interested in doing it for one reason or other, right? And we need that productivity. Well, blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, blah, blah. Like excuse, excuse, excuse. And that's fine. And that's their prerogative. But if they want to retain engineers, there's a level of fulfillment that we need in our jobs. And like doing fun stuff like this is fulfilling, which it is to me. And a lot of engineers are very creative people. I don't know. It's just like a way to almost express yourself and also maybe fix something that you've been annoyed about, but haven't had time. I guess the way I would bring it up of like, hey, have you ever thought about this? What would this look like? What if we just had a week where we like fix all the... And I think the best thing is to come with like examples of things that could be done. Oh, well, we've all been wanting to like make this Rails upgrade. We've all been wanting to do this Ruby upgrade. Or we've all been wanting to like add this DX feature. We've all been wanting to change this or this. If there's things like that, which I guarantee you, if you ask your engineers on the team, a lot of them are going to have a list of ideas like they can pull right off their head of things that they would love to do if they were given a week or a few days to just sit down and do it. So, I mean, you don't have to start with a month. You could start with a day, a week, whatever, and just see if they're open to it. And some of them may have never thought about it. And some of them, it may be a struggle because of the company and the organization. But I feel like it kind of starts with a conversation with your manager. Have you ever thought about this? Here, I think these would be beneficial. And yeah, I will definitely give a status update on how it went, maybe more logistical stuff. But like I said at the beginning, it started off with, Hey, everyone, we're going to have a meeting on this Friday. Come with ideas for things you want to work on. Jamie had already told us what we were going to be doing. So it was like, hey, on this week, this is what we're going to be doing. Next week, we're going to have a meeting, come with ideas. And then during the week, we were all posting these, some of these ideas into a channel so that other people would be like, oh, hey, I don't have an idea, but I would love to work on that. So, and then we all presented them. And then obviously someone's got to be like, okay, no, we shouldn't do that. But this idea is really good. So there has to be some level of gatekeeping, I guess, maybe. But yeah, so I will give an update once it's over and let y'all know how it went. Sounds great. I think I want to also pitch it to like my small immediate team first to see what my manager thinks about it. Yeah, I'm very excited. So who knows? Cool. Cool. Well, I think that's it for us. You got anything to say to the people? I don't know when this is going to air, but happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> that, yep. If you're celebrating and be kind to everybody. Be kind. I think we can end it right there. See you all next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.